My name is Stephen E. Kelly. This is the Stephen D. Kelly Show. This is TruthCat Radio, www.truthcatradio.com. It's now 6 p.m., December 21st, 2023. Almost Christmas. Pretty soon. A few days away. All right, welcome to the show. Basically, tonight, the theme is going to be about how your enemies and your heroes are created. Mostly this is a tool that's used. I think the hate is the more powerful tool, but it's the hate that drives you to the heroes. So, this is kind of broad, of course. I'd also, I'd like to talk a little bit about the situation in Ukraine, at least as far as what's going on with Russia. Not so much Israel, of course, because that continues and it's getting worse. We'll talk about the Houthis and what they're doing in the Red Sea which, of course, is their territory next to Yemen. We want to talk about how that little, tiny, impoverished country is causing Israel billions of dollars in losses without even being connected to it. Before I get into the hero worship and the enemy thing, I wanted to talk about that first, but I think instead I'm going to talk a little bit about Ukraine. Mostly... It's amazing at all to think that there's actually people in this country that follow the news or have a friend who's Ukrainian that sold them some boots or some silly thing, but they actually believed even once that Ukraine ever had a chance to go up in Russia or that somehow all this nonsense was going to cause the fall of the Putin and a subsequent regime change and civil war and, you know, all these sort of things that uh, the United States and its so-called Western Western consortium is so good at doing, or has been so good at doing. You know, for all those people out there, especially the Trump crowd, I mean, mostly Trump himself, but they've gone so far as to suggest that during his presidency, four years that he was in office, that the United States was not at war, unlike we were during Obama or Clinton or whoever, Bush. And of course, we are at war now under Biden. Well, technically we're at war. I guess it's just become a little more obvious that we are involved. Well, this kind of bothers me, of course, because the whole time that Trump was in office, we were arming and advising and training and building the Ukrainian Nazi army that we knew was Nazi, providing them with state-of-the-art weaponry and actual training, you know, military leadership, our own American military leadership as well as NATO actually going there and establishing quite a presence. Now, prior to this it seemed that every time the Ukrainian army had gone up against the people of the Donbass, these separatist areas, they got they got lost. They overextended. They went in in these arrow formations and basically got caught up in a cauldron. They got circled and cut off. And every time this happened, the West, the UN, whatever, 
world, whatever bullshit body, peace body, would step in and say, no, no, you got to stop this. And of course, I always talk about them doing that in Syria, too. And they did that at least twice in Ukraine, where they would have wiped out a good portion of what there was of the Ukrainian military. This didn't, wasn't allowed. Well, now, of course, it wasn't until Biden came along that this army had been built up strong enough. It took eight years to build up this army, get it up to its fighting strength, one and a half million men, whatever, thousands of tanks, etc. And they continued their genocide against the people, anyone that spoke Russian, basically, in the eastern part of the country, Lugansk and Donetsk, <clears throat> the Donbass. And nobody said anything in the United States. Nobody complained. The whole four years that Trump was in office, this was going on. They were genociding these people and pushing them, up, pushing them to the very tiniest little areas that they had left in their civic centers or capitals up against the border of Russia. Now, obviously, there was only a, a matter of time before Russia got officially involved with their special military operation, and you can't blame them. You just can't, because this was the right thing to do. Now, it, it should be pointed out, first of all, they consider this a special military operation. For us, this would have been like going into Grenada or some relatively small theater, as opposed to a major operation like, you know, Desert Storm, something of this nature, which was a huge undertaking, the building of a huge coalition. Russia didn't build a coalition for this. They got help from, uh, was it the uh, Chechnya? Uh, they're getting help. You know, Russia's a vast country. They can pull in troops from all over the place. But... <clears throat> Nothing they say in the West is true. Now, right now, Putin has come out basically publicly and essentially took responsibility for himself as a leader. He's been a leader since, well, what is it, at least five years now he's been president. And then prior to Medvedev, and then he was in there also. But the point is, is that all of the negotiations that were carried out with the West, the Minsk Agreement, Minsk Agreement, this sort of thing, were all fantasy, smoke and mirrors, and wishful thinking. We, they got screwed. We screwed them over. We had no intention of following any of these agreements, and they were all for the sole purpose of using deceit to continue to feed weapons and training and build up forces through mobilization, whatever, to continue to build up this army as an offensive force. Now, in spite of what you may hear in the uh, media, the war going on in Ukraine has mostly been on offensive by the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians have always been on the offensive when they were attacking Donbass and pushing eastwards, it's always been an offensive. When the Russians came in, <clears throat> everyone says that the Russians were on the offensive and they were going to take over Kiev, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Obviously, this was nonsense because they didn't come in with very many troops. They only came in with something like 40,000 troops, or a relatively small amount. 
So the point is, is it's true that they may have gone very far initially, but they clearly had no intention of capturing these territories. Now, unlike the West, Russia doesn't need a territory. Their, their, their territory goes all the way from that border with Ukraine to the Pacific Ocean, thousands of miles and many time zones away. They don't need more territory. If anything, and this is another thing that Putin said, the, well, he, he basically said the purpose of NATO was created to destroy the Soviet Union, which it essentially has been completed. And I'm not saying that the uh, NATO did this, or Putin's not saying that NATO did this, but the point is, is that its reason for being alive is over. Well, now they don't just want to break up the Soviet Union and all its satellites. They want to break up Russia proper. And it would be clear that this has always been the real reason for any of this. So this has become aware to Putin. And he really takes himself to task for falling for the bullshit all these years. So here's what's going to happen. You, you reap what you sow, obviously, and psychology is, uh, is what it is. But it's more likely that Russia will reconstitute itself in some image of the Soviet Union willingly with all the partners involved. Now, <clears throat> I don't think, uh, well, Kyrgyzstan or these other stands will want to do that. But Putin made it very clear that the Russian tree has at least three major branches. Russia itself, Belarusia, Belarus, and Ukraine. <clears throat> and of course it was Khrushchev, or Brezhnev, one of those two, yeah, one of those two, I think it was Brezhnev. Well, he, they probably both did it. Gave away all that territory. He gave away large portions of Russia, etc., to make that Ukraine. They did things with Germany, of course. They took territory from, oh my God, just so many people, Bulgaria, Romania, etc., Poland, Germany, everybody had territory taken away. Poland was given territory. They had territory taken away and they were given territory. You know, everyone was dividing up and trying to change things. So, Historically speaking, a lot of these areas have a lot of issues, especially when it comes to language and what the people really want. And when it comes to the Nazis in the western portion of Ukraine, uh, Transcarpathia, whatever, Liev, I'm not talking about those people. But here's what's going to happen, and basically this is what Putin has laid out. First of all, he says that Ukraine and Belarus will rejoin Russia. Belarus is already working on it. Russia's already moved nuclear weapons into Belarus. Belarus wants to become part of Russia. This is the exact opposite of what the West wants because the West tries to stage multiple color revolutions and did everything they can to install a regime change in Belarus, one that was sympathetic to NATO and the EU, etc., and would actually, like Ukraine, want to join NATO, of course, which be, would be completely unacceptable because this is part of Russia. So instead, it went the exact opposite direction, no matter what the so-called government exiles will tell you. And now they actually 
want to join. You know, here's the funny thing. As far as these peace deals with Ukraine, there actually will be a deal of some sort relatively soon. But it's not going to be anything close to the terms that the West or even Ukraine, for that matter, what's left of Ukraine, will will want. One of the funniest things about the whole deal, though, is they said that what's left of Ukraine, if any of it is left, that still is a an entity that can call itself Ukraine, even though it may have been been demilitarized, denazified, etc. All these things happening, and will never, ever, ever be allowed to join NATO or the EU, is that they're going to give them the opportunity to join BRICS. You know, which I think is kind of incredible because not anybody can walk in and join BRICS. I know everybody wants to, but it's like really, not only are they going to stop trying to conquer you completely, but they're going to let you join BRICS. That sounds like a much better deal than getting involved with the EU or NATO. Uh, how can you turn that down? Well, well, here's the thing. Kim, of course, the capital right now, is on the Dnieper. I think that's it, the river, the big river that goes through there. The point is, is that the borders of Russia are going to go all the way up to there. The complete area of uh, Odessa and the coast of the Black Sea, that entire area is going to be conquered by the Russians. It'll be going back to Russia. Odessa was a city that was formed by Catherine the Great. It's a Russian city. I mean, it's, it's like, how far do you want to go back? He could go back to the, the Tartars, of course, or the uh, Mongolians when they came in there, and the Genghis Khan and all that, and they killed everything and left their progeny. Of course, this is the people of Crimea and much of the, well, the Nazi types, surprisingly enough. Anyway, the point is, is that there isn't going to be much left. And the other thing that Putin is saying openly, and this is really wild because he's actually saying it openly, is he's referencing all the territories and borders and everything that got changed in post-World War II and Soviet Union, etc., and all of that. And he's basically letting the, these countries know, the ones that were affected, Germany, Poland, Bulgaria, Romania, all of these countries. I mean, I don't know about Latvia, whatever. I have to look at the map. But the point is, is that they're going to have the opportunity to basically take parts of Ukraine back. They're not, going to be, they're not going to be forced to take it back, but Russia is basically saying, do what you will with these areas. We recognize that historically this was always part of your country, just like historically this was always part of their country. And they're saying they're not going to oppose Poland or Germany or whoever if they take back these areas. So this is what's, what's coming. Now, as far as internally in Ukraine, nobody really trusts Zelensky. That's, there's a big, well, there's a feud going on, obviously, a power struggle between Zeluzhny, the general, the big head of the military, and Zelensky, and uh, there's a few others that are vying for the top position. But basically, nobody trusts anybody. And the bottom line is the money has been turned off. The $61 billion that Zelensky came into Washington for here recently did not happen. It's not going to happen. Congress is going to go home for Christmas. That's it. Zelensky did not want to return home. 
but he had to because he knows that if he doesn't come back with more money, the Nazis are going to kill him. They're going to burn his ass, tie him up and burn his ass in public out in the middle of uh, Maidan. <clears throat> he, he knows how they, how they operate. So it's not a good time to be, to be Zelensky. The EU will continue to do some funding. <laughs> Germany claims that they're going to build all kinds of stuff in, in Ukraine. It's just insane. The, the collusion and the, the graft and the grift and what have you, it just won't stop. But the good news is that it will end soon. Because whatever piddly-ass little amounts of money that are going to be coming from the EU, nothing, again, will come from the United States. That's basically it. Uh, if they get anything at all, it's going to be, it's going to be you're out of the house, son. Take take these uh, take this little bag of coins and get the hell out. Go get your you know you, it's time for you to grow up. So yeah, they're screwed. <clears throat> How does that affect everything else, Israel, etc.? Well, it's not a good time. But I want to get back to the main gist of what we're talking about that tonight, and that is these. These enemies. Now, sometimes these enemies and these sides of issues and these poles, these things that make you angry so that you can find a hero to make you feel better about that thing that made you angry, they're never going to go away and they're always going to be there. And fortunately, of course, the Getty is the answer to this, but an event can also serve the purpose. And you know, what's going on in Israel, of course, the whole, what is it, October 7th, I guess we're supposed to all remember that date. <clears throat> the atrocity, the horror, whatever, the massacre, the massacre. Yeah. Anyway. Obviously, that's supposed to distract you from the Getty. You're going to be mad about it. It's very easy to get mad. Now, like Putin, I have to say, Sure. I'm naive, too. I was naive. I got fooled. I wasted all kinds of opportunities to do things that were, would have been really productive, but I was naive and I got fooled. And I have to say that Donald Trump, I, he, he fooled me. He didn't, I didn't do my due diligence, and I, I, got, uh, I got fooled. And I have to say that the reason, and I'm sure this had to do with a lot of you and to this day, you're still going to be so stuck in this polarity matrix that you'll never admit that you were used, and that is Hillary Clinton. Oh, how we hated Hillary Clinton. We hated her. Hillary, pure evil, uh, you know, eating children's faces, this kind of thing, the vulgar, nasty stuff. Hillary's so bad they wouldn't even let her in the Getty. Anyway. Well, that was the only thing that Donald Trump had going for him was that he was the challenge to Hillary and that we felt that Hillary was going to be an inevitable enemy because we had to follow after the whole Obama nonsense and we knew what was coming and that we knew that the evil that was Obama and his administration and everything that they stand for was going to be continued with this Hillary person. And of course, I should have known more than anybody because, of course, I was working with the Intertel Mafia, you know, CIA, NSA, whatever you want to call it, 
and was actually brought in by Don Nixon, who worked for Robert Vesco, who was part of that same Bahamas scam that was Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump with his whole, what is it, Resorts International connections, which was, of course, South Casinos, Caribbean. Big giant money laundering operation, which, of course, was mafia. So how did I not see this? The whole Roger Stone, the whole JFK Jr., all this nonsense. The people he hired, Barr, one of them, very high ranking. Why did it take me so long to figure out that these guys were the real mafia? Here's the thing. In reality, Hillary... And uh, what's his name? Bill. And you might as well say for that matter, Biden and Obama, and you know, Hunter, whatever. You take that whole crowd. They're like itty bitty flunkies when it comes to where they rank in this big mafia. And yet they're portrayed. They play the role of the enemy. Now, now Trump, of course, you know, for all that he is, his TV personality, whatever he was before he started doing the politics stuff, I should have, the, the fact that he was a Chabad crypto person should have been really clear and obvious, but it, it wasn't an issue. Just like the Chabad running in Ukraine, it, it just wasn't an issue. Well, <clears throat> we hated Hillary more than anything that he could do possibly would affect us. And, and here's the thing. He, he said all the right things. He said that the bunkers, the, the whatever, he, he was the guy on the opposite side of whatever it was that we did not like. Obviously, it was all bullshit, but, but we sucked it up. Now, all I can really say is that we have to recognize that this is all hate-driven. So hate must be probably the most powerful tool that the enemy has to use against us, to hate each other, to hate the actions, to hate people personally, to hate races, whatever. There's plenty of it to go around. Plenty of it. Immigration, anti-white policies, anti-male policies, whatever. On either side of the issue, there's plenty to hate. But that's really not going to get you anywhere because that is exactly what the enemy wants. And that's why, no matter what you think, and I know we're not, we're not entertaining. I'm certainly not. And I know my little group on Telegram has actually lost, I don't know, about 50 people or so in just the last week or so. But we've grown considerably on Twitter. Uh, I've gone up about... 800 people maybe in the last few days. And of course, that's mostly from Isabel <clears throat> telling people in her group, Children Under the Getty, to follow me. Well, she's got 40,000 people, so obviously it's got to be happening a lot more. <laughs> people are still really slow. But the reality is I am not giving you something to hate. I'm not pointing you at all kinds of crazy stuff because apparently people have no 
attention and they have to put their hate in all kinds of different directions. No, I don't do that. I do want you to hate the fact that children are kidnapped, sometimes sent by institutions, sometimes sent by their parents to be tortured and raped and much, much worse every day on a scale that we can't even begin to imagine. I'm sure that when I throw that number out, 100,000, that everybody gets so upset about. It's, it's nothing. It's just, it's just a number. It's not something that we can... It's not something that we should even have to say. But it's something that should get your attention. It's something that should make you angry. And that's all we have. So the bottom line is, is that when it comes to Israel, when it comes to Ukraine, when it comes to Biden, when it comes to Trump, when it comes to all these things, there's no reason why you shouldn't be taking that energy and directing it at only one thing, and that is the Getty, the mission, what goes on under the Getty. Now, I know that our enemy sees what we're doing, certainly, and I know that some of you have actually pointed out that different themes and different targets for your anger are constantly being thrown at us, be it something to do with Israel and Gaza or chemtrails or flu shots, whatever, some stupid thing, transgender, this or that, whatever it is, it's being used on you like a tool, like a weapon, like an arrow in a quiver. Try this one, try this one, try this one. That Getty thing is really getting strong. Pull this out. Pull that out. Now, a good example today, which I thought was kind of incredible. I was on some random page. I do that on Twitter. I got to look at these random pages just to see what's out there and to, of course, spread the word. I run across this meme, and it looks like something that we made, almost exactly like something that you guys in the meme team made, only this one is a child holding a bottle in a tunnel, which is supposed to look like a you know, Hamas tunnel, and it's saying, take me home. You know, And I'm thinking, oh, wow, this looks like a Getty meme. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I look at the little emojis at the name of the person. It's got Ukraine. It's got the Israel thing and all that. I'm like, oh, oh. They're worried about kidnapped children. You know, so here's the things. I mean... You know, I mean, this is just for, maybe you could call it a coincidence. Maybe there's a little more to it. <clears throat> but it sure seems to me that the enemy is working harder and harder now to attack us, to steal our thunder, to redirect it. But they're doing it in ways now that are getting to be really hard to dis concern from our own efforts. So I, I actually thought this was pretty good because I looked at that and I said, hey, all I have to do is quote this meme, share it, and say Occupy the Getty, and I'm going to take it. It's now something much, much larger and broader and timeless and uh, 
critical than anything going over going on in the Middle East. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Yemen yet. So I guess what you should learn from that is that anything they do now, anything they do, we use against them. Anything they do to try to direct your attention at anything, we immediately direct it to the Getty. I don't care if it's related, but if it's close to related, it's better. We hijack their shit, okay? Whatever they're putting out, hijack it. Hijack it. You got to ride their crap and hijack it, steal it. Because, again, as I've said many times, this is the only tool they have that you try to use as effectively as possible, this information war or whatever. They can't stand it. And we only have so much time to use this tools that are available to us, Twitter, etc., to steer this mob, to steer this narrative. To control the wave, okay, the energy. And we can only do it one way, and again, that is the beauty and the brilliance of the Occupy the Getty movement, is that it is a single word, word now, <laughs> hashtag Occupy the Getty. It's a single word. It says everything. It ends everything. It transcends everything. I don't care what it is that someone wants to talk about. Occupy the Getty. It's got to be the only thing we talk about. That's when we win. I hope you've learned that. Now, I know that, again, people have short attention spans. Obviously, that's not getting any better, but the point is, is that it's just like people who are joining these groups now or leaving. What's the issue? It's they don't have that motivation, that undying focus. Unfortunately, most humans are guilty of that. They, they're only going to focus on something or devote their energy into it for so long because they want to see some sort of return, some sort of action. Well, to be honest with you, I've been doing this for what? How long? 1985, something like that. So I don't really have any sympathy for somebody that's getting involved now and thinks that they can do this for a couple of years or, or less and think that they've, they've really made any kind of sacrifice. Obviously, this is much bigger than that. And... If you don't understand the importance or the logic of this mission, what we hope to achieve, I don't understand. I don't know what I can tell you. I guess the the logic of it all should be self-evident. Should be. I know there's a courage issue. I know that people don't have it. And there's certainly a, an understanding issue, an intellect issue. People don't have that either. But hopefully you've still got tenacity and hopefully you can find the motivation and hopefully you can use the tools that you have right now 
And if you go 100%, occupy the Getty, 100%. You put more effort than you've ever done before. I think we could do this. Now, here's another thing. I saw a a meme earlier today, and it was a, well, they were complaining about the ADL, I think it was, but they basically said that Jesus Christ is Lord was trending on Twitter as a hashtag, Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, the ADL or whoever was complaining, and they basically said that uh, Twitter should get control of their bots so that people can't cause the algorithms to make something like this trend, you know, kind of like they do on the other social media platforms. So there's absolutely no reason on earth why you guys can't make Occupy the Getty trend every day. Every day. Hashtag everything Occupy the Getty. It's, you know, it's just math, people. People will click on it. Billions of people will have the opportunity to click on it if you just get it out there in numbers to make the computers pick it up. I know it'll work. I think we may have had that thing trending maybe once way back when. You know, when I was running QAnon, we had 30,000 people in our little group. But you don't need 30,000 people to make this thing trend. You could, you know, 10,000, 14,000, whatever. We could make this thing trend. There's no reason why we, we can't. Every single time you tweet. The Trump phenomena, of course, isn't going to go away. It's, but I don't see it as an individual. I see it as an enemy. And, and it doesn't matter if it's Biden or if it's Trump. What matters is that as long as they can split us by using how much we hate one evil to make us depend on and support an equal evil that's posing as a polar opposite of the one in power. Unfortunately, that didn't happen when Trump was in power because everybody was so happy that we didn't get Hillary that nobody noticed when he split spent all that money rearming Ukraine and using them to kill off people of the Donbass. You guys, you know, you probably don't remember, but for a while there, Trump was saying how he pulled the money from ISIS and he ended that. Well, he didn't mention that we were ISIS. I mean, you really, it's kind of, there's the amount of uh, retardation out there is just, it's kind of overwhelming, but he still paid for that. He's he still he still gave the money to Israel. He still did all these things. You know, he he did a hit on Gen, uh, Iranian General Soleimani. You guys, you probably don't remember that, but Soleimani was the head of the military over there in Iran and. He arrived in Baghdad, you know, a country that was fighting ISIS. You know, he was fi helping them fight ISIS. And uh, they took him out with a Reaper drone, you know, Hellfire missile, his entourage, him and his entire entourage. Nobody really thought. But, you know, Iran has not forgotten that. They very much would like to take out Trump with a drone. <laughs> you know, I, you guys, I don't, 
I don't think you remember that, but that has not gone away. The rest of the, you can't act like Trump was not getting his hands very dirty while while he was in office. So those of you that, that think that this is the answer to getting out of the war is to replace Biden with this guy, you're really wrong. It's going to be much, much worse than you could possibly imagine. So once again, I, I realize that I can't, I can't control this polarity thing. I can't play that game. I could I could throw mud at both these characters. I could try to use reason and logic and history and, and all of this sort of thing to try to direct you in the right direction. But unfortunately, it just doesn't work. So I have to use emotion. I have to use feelings. I have to make you care about the babies that are being murdered. I don't want to use the greed emotion and say, if you occupy the Getty, you're all going to be rich. I mean, that's that's something Trump would do. But I ha- I do have to make you care about the victims because that's real and it's actually happening. But as far as using the wave that's being generated by the the enemy to control the mob, to push public feeling one way or the other, we can't, we can't, control that, all we can do is try to take it over by being nothing but a source of Occupy the Getty and forgetting everything else. So that's really what it's all about. You do not follow the heroes. and You do not chase the enemies. You focus on Occupy the Getty only. Because all the fake heroes and all the fabricated enemies will all fall by the wayside if we can destroy the power of the enemy to control the mob and the the flow of the narrative. And the only way we can, we can do that is by hijacking it and doing nothing but saying occupy the getting constantly. That's really, really all I want to tell you people. And of course, I get frustrated because there's only so much I can do, and I obviously I feel like I'm repeating myself constantly, but I just hope that you are paying attention, and I, and, I, and I hope that the newfound energy that a lot of you are putting into trying to push us on Twitter and whatever platform, I hope that doesn't go away, okay? It's, it's, it's not easy plugging along. But it has to be done, and I hope that you guys feel the same way, and I hope that at the very least I can motivate you to just continually try to do more than you do already, because I really need it. And I know last show I basically said, do more, and yes, this week a lot of you have stepped up and done more, but I need more. Even if I go up a 1,000 people on Twitter, that's not 10,000, 100,000, a million. I need more. I want to win this thing now. I don't want to wait any longer, okay? And I need you guys to get motivated. So don't say anything if it's not Getty, all right? That's your mission. Somebody wants to talk about how bad Biden is, talk about Getty. Somebody wants to talk about how good Biden is, talk about the Getty. Somebody wants to talk about how bad Trump is, talk about the Getty. Somebody wants to praise Trump, talk about the Getty. Do you understand? That's really it. All right, I want to again thank all of you, well, the handful of you that do contribute economically. Uh, Christmas is, well, 
I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I haven't got my SSI checked. It's like checks in the mail kind of thing, but whatever. Okay. No big deal. But if you want to help out, of course, my PayPal, you have to use Stephen Kelly 714 at yahoo.com. Okay. And you have to say friends or family, find that button. I do send it back. And <clears throat> don't send your email to that, but please write that down. But if you do want to send me an email, the email for correspondence is law17gun at aol.com. All right. I'm more inclined to look there for, uh, you know, I'm not always looking in the other one to see if somebody sent me money. I don't pay that much attention. But if you want to talk to me, use the Law 17 gun. If you want a copy of the book, you want to have me do an interview, <laughs> whatever, write me there. Okay. And let's see what else. Okay. So thank you for that. And, of course, if you haven't joined the Telegram group, and please don't expect me to be there every day dropping pearls of wisdom. It's mostly for you guys to get together and be standing by waiting for orders. All right? Because ultimately you should be so busy pumping the Occupy the Getty mission that you only go in there just to share what you've done with like-minded people who are also doing the same thing. That's where I go. You guys are get together and you make memes. I go in there, find some good memes, post that stuff. Boom, boom, boom. Okay? This is a community effort. And obviously, without you guys' help and the help of so many of you that are putting in a lot of time doing this, we wouldn't be near as ahead as we are in getting the word out. But it's very important that you don't let our message get hijacked. And it's very important that you go out of your way to hijack all the other messages. Okay? Be better at what the enemy does to us. Okay, We've got the ultimate tool, and that is Occupy the Getty. And if you can't see that, just do it anyway. Okay, It's that simple. All right, people. Thank you again for tuning in. Those of you that are here now with me for sure, thank you for being here. Uh, I'd love to see days where we have lots and lots of more listeners. Hello, Germany. I see Germany is here with us. But anyway, that's the show, and uh, I'll do my best to come up with a name or something and get this out to you guys on whatever medium here very soon. And once again, my name is Stephen D. Kelly. This is the Stephen D. Kelly Show. We are Truth Cat Radio, www.truthcatradio.com. It's now 6.43 p.m., December 21st, 2023, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Yep. Oh, today is the first day of uh, winter, i.e. Saturnalia. So those of you that feel compelled, you know, get out there with your bonfires and help help the sun, Saturn, whoever it is, to get stronger because these are, this is when the sun is the weakest or some stupid pagan thing. Anyway, okay. So with that, God willing, I'll see you guys all very soon again. And thank you again, people who tuned in tonight. So, good night, God bless, adios, and goodbye. <laughs>